PK, last year we went up and we talked to Nick Ford. He was then just a freshman, just figuring out college football, offensive lineman for the Utes. It was a really good interview. You hit a chord with him because you worked down in the South Bay and he grew up down there, so you guys knew the same streets and the same neighborhoods and same places to eat and all that stuff. And then you went back up and talked to him again earlier this week. What's the difference between Nick Ford now and Nick Ford a year ago before we listened to that interview? Well, he's just real confident in what he wants, and he's been very goal-oriented, and he knows specifically why he came to Utah and what he wants out of his college experience and what he believes his team, particularly the offensive line, is capable of achieving. And he plays with a little chip on his shoulder, and obviously I like that. All right, here's PK with Nick Ford on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nick, grew up in San Pedro. I used to live there, and so I'm very familiar with the community. How many pirates are going to be coming up north on the Harbor Freeway on Friday? Uh, I know as a sis right now, I got about 20 confirmed and a possibility of eight to nine more. So a lot, and then on top of that, I'll probably have some uh, like old friends and stuff, old coaches and stuff that go on their own. All from Pedro? All from Pedro, yeah. All Pedro. <laughs> so obviously you grew up down there, and I used to work in Daily Breeze, so I'm familiar with SC and all that. What was your mindset towards the local colleges when you were growing up? Uh, believe it or not, like growing up in Pedro, everyone's like a USC fan. I was a UCLA fan. Um, some of that had to do with my brother being sick and going to the hospital out there, and then uh, you know. Is just me wanting to be a doctor, so I was more a UCLA fan than a USC fan. So, um, and then when I came to recruiting, I just wanted to make a choice that was best for me. Did you like SC? Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're. I feel as if they they rely a lot on their tradition, and that's that's one thing I didn't like. Just, uh, I felt personally like they when they had talked to me that. They didn't care as an individual as so much as a player, which I didn't like. So almost like you, you should be grateful that we think you should. Do we even think you should be worthy of USC? Uh, yes and no. It's like it's like they roll out the red carpet and you're supposed to like be in awe, and then you come to a program like this and it's not someone rolling out the red carpet. It's everyone like cooking in the kitchen together type deal. You know what I mean? It's just a different feel. So. Okay, with that in mind, and obviously you chose Utah. Did you still ever dream of playing in the Coliseum? Uh, the Rose Bowl. <laughs> not, Rose Bowl. Okay, not the Coliseum. Uh, in, in high school, we played in the Coliseum a couple times, so I'm already. Before I even got to college, I already had played in the stadium, so I'm very familiar with it. And then growing up around it and going to the games and stuff, very familiar. So it's no big deal. Yeah, it's just it's another day, man, another another game. How about in fact, I don't know what you have on some of the away games or home games in terms of family who's able to come up. I assume that this would be a little bit more than a regular game, whether it be here or someplace else in the conference yeah. that you would have more folks in the stadium specifically yeah. to watch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a bunch of people coming. Um, I got a bunch of people going to the hotel the day we land in the morning of the game and going to the stadium at the game. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be nice to, you know, have that support there in person. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's just another game. I got to do what I got to do to be successful and not be distracted. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, 
subconsciously it probably does um, just because human nature and psychology but at the same time it's not it's not a dependent for me are you aware that Utah's never won since they've been in the conference down there in the Coliseum I'm aware but times have changed <laughs> yeah, no, no question yeah. yeah I mean that's that's the thing that I want to get to because what is the attitude of the team because you know you've been in the Coliseum I've been in the Coliseum you walk into that place it's remodeled now I understand mm-hmm. so I haven't been there since it's been remodeled but I've been there many times over the last 25-30 years and you see the jerseys of the, the retired Heismans and you know the, the, the Trojan horse and all mm-hmm. that stuff uh, what type of attitude do you think the team has to have to make sure you're not caught up in all that stuff that SC has represented over the years uh, that just falls back to what I say about they roll out the red carpet and we're more a, you know a family based team uh, as coach said it today in the meeting um, it's it's like stars versus hearts you know they, they get all these uh, special boys and stuff that are four or five stars and you see a program like Utah with anywhere from two to three stars four stars maybe one a couple five stars uh, and it's the fact that we have heart and you know all this glory and fame doesn't really mean anything to us you could throw all that out and try to act like you who you are but when it comes down to it when you start you know throwing hands you're gonna see you know who to do you have a star uh yeah, it was kind of complicated how my stars were twenty four or seven. I don't I don't really believe in stars. I think they're they're stupid to be honest, and I don't, I don't care if they find out. Uh, I mean, you see, like everyone you know develops differently. Uh, some people, I think I was maybe a low three star. I think, uh, and then they had and wanted to like have me go out to camps and stuff, but I never had accepted anything because I you know I thought it was dumb i felt like if you're if you're a good player you're a good player and people are going to see that in your development uh everything on the field shows more than what shows on a little star chart so you felt confident in your ability you didn't need to do any of that stuff exactly yeah okay so now you've come up here and you redshirted your first year you played a lot last year and obviously you're starting this year but you're moving you've moved around a little bit mm-hmm. what do you feel is your best position on the offensive line uh personally i, I don't it doesn't really bother me where I am. Uh, I don't feel as, as if I have a best position. Um, you look at it, there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, I stay on the outside. Uh, the con is, you know, I'm going to go against little quicker guys and stuff, but the pro for that is, um, you know, if I get my hands on them, they're not necessarily going to be as strong or stronger than me. So, you know, the weight and the strength plays on my side when I go outside. And then you go into the inside, you get the interior dudes, more heavy set dudes, stronger, more stout. Uh, so it's going to be a lot more physical but at the same time then I could use my agility and my quickness to kind of overcompensate for that so and then when you go to center it's a mix of everything so it's, it's just uh you know it's pros and cons to everything you've spoken about your desire to go to medical school how about any NFL aspirations oh yeah I want to go to the NFL okay so do you know what people have said as far as what you think your best position would be in the NFL or is it best now since you're only a sophomore to show more versatility uh, I believe it's probably best to show versatility um, that's one thing I grew up on um, when playing football um, played a bunch of positions and got to college and switched from defense to offense and now playing up a whole bunch of positions so I mean um, like Coach Hardy says it makes you marketable um, there's much more value in I believe there's much more value in a player who's good, who can play from right tackle to left tackle versus one player who's really good who only plays one spot and knows only one spot. Because if you travel a guy like me, 
you're traveling five guys in one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I read some stuff from you earlier in the season that you know we knew that you were returning so many guys offensively at the skill positions, and you were returning a ton of guys defensively at all the positions except linebacker. But the big question, obviously, was offensive line. It seemed to me, reading between the lines, you took that kind of personal. Mm, I'd for sure took it personal. I mean, uh, for when I first take it personal, on a super personal level, uh, people would say, you know, I'm not a returner, that the offensive line is replacing three starters and only Orlando and Darren coming back. And that that really pissed me off as an individual because, you know, out of all the snaps I played, out of all the games I started, they, they didn't give me the respect. Uh, you know, the October streak when we went 40 points, 40 points, 40 points and all that. And I was a part of a lot of stuff and I did some good things. Uh, you know, I wasn't perfect. No one's ever perfect. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I took it personal because, you know, our offensive linemen are solid. You got me, Paul Tawala, Johnny Maia, uh, Braden Daniels, Orlando Omana, Darren Paulo, and you got people behind us. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that Coach said, it's like reloading a gun. You know, your first magazine might be gone. That represents some of the people moving on to the NFL, but when you load up that next magazine with a couple bullets in it, you know, those bullets are going to be the same amount as deadly as the ones previously, so... And so now this is your first conference game. You're done with non-conference. Uh, people are looking at Utah to be a potential, you know, obviously a Pac-12 titleist and maybe uh, even beyond that in the playoff. How much better do you think the team needs to be going forward? Because no longer is this team the underdog up in the mountains. You guys are actually are the favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't let us get that get to us. Uh, you know, it's nice to have alkaloids and have people actually finally pay you respect, but at the same time, they put the target on your back. And uh, the way we do it is we just take it one week at a time. We're going to focus on whoever's up next. So right now it's USC, and that's all we're focused on. And we're planning on going one and all this week. And if we continue to do things how we should do, there's no reason why we shouldn't have an undefeated season. Offenses looked really good against maybe not the best competition mm. how much better do you think it can get over these next nine games when you're in conference uh i think w- offense defense everyone as a whole has been taking steps forward as season's gone on you know first game jitters and all that um, and it's not like we went against bad uh defenses you have byu which is a good independent school you have niu and they're the champions of their conference and then you had idaho state who went to the uh final championship bracket at their conference so it's it's not necessarily like we're playing down to a different level of individuals who are not as good as us um you know and that goes back to you know all this like fame and glory and stuff and we're just taking it one week at a time we don't really um what am i trying to say it's a fact we're, we're gonna just take one one step every week you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah. and Make a yeah, yeah, I got you. yeah you've been seeing that over the past couple right. weeks okay. the, as the offense and the defense so since uh usc recruits a lot of local guys you know anybody personally on that team yeah i know a couple people but <laughs> it is what it is uh, I, you know i talk to a bunch of people at not only at SC, ucla asu a bunch of places right. and you know it's all it's all jokes and games and stuff and you know we support each other when we're not on the field but as soon as we get on the field it's, it's lights out it's you know, it's just like old days. No one, no one cares. It's football. So you anticipate a nice, I don't want to say reunion, but a gathering family at the Coliseum after the ball game? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be fun. With a victory? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right, thanks, Nick. There is Nick Ford. A lot of people coming up from Pedro, PK. Yes, yes, yes. Is that, US, is, is that USC territory? 
or is that maybe not so much? Because I hear some places in Orange County, I just think, man, you just you know you can't drive around the corner without bumping into somebody from no, your No, Pedro's places. blue collar all the way, uh, man. That's We're what Cal I State Dominguez Hills territory. <laughs> yeah, Scotty G, <laughs> your attitude. <laughs> Guy who went to Utah State is crushing Cal State Dominguez Hills. I know. Need one of those college bowl deals and see who would win one of those deals. Oh, right? we know who would win the Cal Toros. State Dominguez Hills. Absolutely. Well, you know, got their masters there because those are really bright. Oh, you get your masters there. You know you're intelligent, especially if you come and live in Utah. Looking at you, Mrs. Kinahan. Looking at you. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Thursday night football, it's Houston on the road at Tulane. American Athletic Conference game, 6 o'clock on ESPN over on the NFL Network. It's the Titans and the Jaguars, 620. You can listen to the game on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Saints will not name a starter to replace Drew Brees this week. Sean Payton, head coach, says they're going to play both Teddy Bridgewater and former Cougar Tyson Hill at the position as they face the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco Giants manager Bruce Bochy becomes just the 11th manager in Major League Baseball history to win 2,000 career games. The Giants blowing out the Red Sox 11-3. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service. 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. Big Show, Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Coordinator for BYU, Coach Aaron Roderick with us on the Big Show. How much of an advantage is it for Zach Wilson to have a back like Tyson Williams? Well, it changes everything. I mean, at the end of last season, we were running on fumes at that position, and there was some smoke and mirrors to our offense where we were just trying to make do with what we had available to us. Now we've got Tyson playing really well. Emmanuel Supka's come in and done some good things, and Pini is a really good player, and so now we've got some options, and we can keep guys fresh, and it's a big difference. And then at the the fact that Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson are both good runners as well. I think you're just going to see us get better as the year goes along in that area. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, PK, you switched over to radio more than a decade ago. Is it 12 years ago now? You gave up the trip? Yeah. But writing's still in your blood. Now you write digitally. Uh, I try to get out, but, you know. They pull me back in. Yeah, they do. Offers keep flooding in. <laughs> your story's up at 1280thezone.com. Time to give Kalani a contract. He's 2-1. and one. He's proven his stuff. Extend yeah. him. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, he has next season. That was a five-year deal. And Tom Homo spoke to us in January, so not quite a year ago where he said, you know, this is what they do, and he's not in his last year yet. But I think that with the way recruiting is, particularly with this earlier signing date coming either right after your season has ended or hopefully right before your bowl game, 
because they can now sign in December. And a lot of these coaches have forecasted that that February date will become the secondary date and the December date will be the primary date. Yep. And that's according to them. And that's... It also makes sense. The kids have been recruited for a long time. They want to get it over with. Um, More and more, we're seeing kids, not just quarterbacks, but we're seeing more kids show up for that, uh, for spring ball. So they need to enroll in January. Most likely, So, I mean, it it makes sense on the service. And then when the people right in the middle of it tell you that's how it's going to be, why would you doubt them? Right, exactly. That's what they've all been saying, and so they, you know, they deal with that every day of the year, basically. So, with that in mind, I think that now you have to look at all the stuff going on here, and it looks like they should be bowl eligible this season. Obviously, they only need four more wins. Uh, people are thinking better than that. I was a little nervous about my eight and four pick. I got to admit, but I thought that I'm going to go out on the limb. It seemed too easy to say six and six or five and seven and five, and so I did go eight and four. And they've got two of those in the bag now. So what do they got? Twenty percent? I don't know. I'm not good at math. <laughs> that's that'd be twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. And they've yeah. got three scheduled wins, right. so that's five. Right. And even if you look at Washington as a scheduled loss, that means they're five and two. What are they going to do with the other five games? If they go three and two. They're good to go. Which is realistic. You have to look at, after that, uh, Utah State, San Jose State, Boise State. Should be able to find a way to win at least one of those. So then don't mess up the road games to Toledo and South Florida. Right. Right. You think Tom waits until after Toledo and South Florida? Just to make sure they don't mess those up and Mm -hmm. it doesn't start to unravel? Yeah, but even still, possibly. You're four and two. You're midway through the year. And you sign them. See, but I think that with the early signing date... The earlier you do it, the better. Waiting two, three weeks, a month, those, that's a critical time. Because for BYU kids, you know, a lot of them want to go to BYU, mm-hmm. so, but they want to know who the coach is going to be. I mean, Absolutely. Just, because if you're changing the head coach, you're probably changing... Most of yeah. the assistants. Yeah. In, in basketball, they tend to keep one. In football, they tend to keep two. Ballpark. I mean, there's exceptions, but... Well, most likely, I don't know that. Where they got half of the guys are non LDS, those guys would be gone. Uh, so, y- people who are recruiting you, whether it's your geographical area or the position that you will play, you develop relationships with these young fellows. And these the guys. odds are they're gone. Yeah. And so, this, I, I just think right now the last thing the program needs is more turnover. And the reality is with BYU, you can't always go out and get somebody better. You know, it just doesn't work that way. There's not that many candidates. I can name you right now all the candidates if Kalani did not come back for next season. And even really the next three or four seasons. I, today, I can name you the candidates. There, it, was to me, it was obvious when uh, Bronco took off that Kalani automatically was the frontrunner. And it was obvious that when Dave Rose retired that Mark Pope automatically was the frontrunner. Didn't really come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So coaching searches from a media perspective, if you're a beat writer for a newspaper or a website, whatnot, whatnot those tend to be uh, headaches. But with BYU, it's, it's much easier. Narrow, I mean, really, yeah. when Lavelle retired, it was going to be Croton. Yeah. And there was no way it was well, going to be anybody else. And then you look at the the last time that they hired, uh, before the, the current changes, uh, when they hired Rose and Bronco, and they're promoting from on campus. Yeah. I mean, it's not... 
So there just aren't that many outliers. No, because they have the qualification of a faithful member of your church. Fine. It's your church. Roger Reed was rules. on staff when he was hired, wasn't he? If we keep uh-huh, going sure. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what they want. Steve Cleveland was the outlier. That was the one that kind of came out of nowhere. If you, go, if you want to go back the last 30 years. Yeah. Steve Cleveland, JC coach out of California. If he was off your radar, okay, I get that. The Croton thing was common knowledge. I mean, that was for months and months. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking about that. Yeah, uh, the Cleveland. I had heard the name. I knew he was out there. I had never met him. And then after I got to know him, I could say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can see why." Because he's really smooth. He knows how to talk, and and he can make people excited. Yeah. So I, I, I in retrospect, it was easy to see. I didn't know they were going to hire him. Uh, but I had, I had known I'd heard of him for sure being out there in the coaching ranks. And so for Kalani right now, if he were to leave, either because they let him go or because he kills, he beats Washington, he runs the table, he's eleven one, he's twelve and one, and some Power Five comes with just a grundle of money. The short list is. Were you on names? Well, Jay Hill, right? Weber State. You have to be in the mix. Uh, I think Jay Hill, Morgan Scally, yep. uh, Bevel, uh, NFL yep. coordinator, and then whoever you want to do, guys at uh, uh, Virginia. And I would put Lance Anderson, the uh, defensive coordinator for Stanford. Those. And who, who do you want? Uh, doesn't seem like. Uh, an eye would be a candidate. I think he should be, but I don't know that he would be. So I'm looking at Kelly Papinga. And we're done. Yeah. Anybody got any outliers? Tweet at us. I would love to see at Bra- David DJ James. I would love to see Brady Papinga be in the mix yes. <laughs> for entertainment's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so what if a nye came for the X's and O's and Papinga came for all the press conferences and they just shared the duties? How about that? Because well, when you say Robert guy. wouldn't be in the mix, I'm assuming that's what you're thinking. That the football coach often is the face of the athletic department in a way an AD and basketball coach is hard for them to be just because of where football's gone in our society. Right. I mean, it's it's the big dog. Yeah. I mean, I've got no problem with Robert. He's always treated me well. And uh, I've enjoyed our com- conversations over the years. I think I'd probably put it also in Ty Detmer. Ooh. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Because <laughs> you're you and you can't help yourself. Maybe he'd be a better head coach. <laughs> he should go off and be an NFL quarterback coach. He'd be money. If he wants to be, sure. Yeah, I think in the right situation, he would flourish. And I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, just your knowledge is sometimes it's uh, it doesn't the situation doesn't work right and certainly he didn't have any breaks that second year and all sorts of quarterback injuries left yeah. and right and so but you know yeah that's the way it goes uh things transpire that you can't control but those would be the candidates but none of those guys and, and i don't have any offense to any of them uh why not stay with Kalani? he's built something here the staff, he, this is his second year of having the staff that he wants. The staff was given to him or forced Assigned upon him. Assigned to him. Signs is a good word. Yeah. And so, in my mind, they've built momentum. It was fun to see. I felt good for BYU football to see people running out on that field. I didn't get a chance to talk to Tom, but I saw him out on the field. Kalani, forget it. I didn't even try. Kalani got yeah. swarmed by the students. Right. But he was dancing with the students. Remember when he went yeah. to the basketball game? I do. That was yeah. so Kalani. Yeah. If it had been like, uh, you know, some of the coaches walk off with like a, a cop on each shoulder. 
full uniform. If you're in the South with the Smokey the Bear hat, that's the SEC look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have been Kalani. No, no, he's everyone's friend. And I felt really happy for him, but bigger, felt happy for BYU to have good things happen to the program because they've taken a lot of blows the last couple years. And so I just think that he's got his guys in with missions and whatnot. It takes a while. He's in his fourth year. A lot of the kids that he recruited are now coming back, making contributions, and they're excited at BYU football. And I can't proclaim it back. I don't know that it'll ever be back to the level that it was, but I think it can be pretty good. And certainly if it beats Washington here coming up in a couple of days, yeah, they're really on to something for sure. I mean, three and one, that's that's if they were the only three and to a one, top ten team. The only team that might be favored to beat them at that point would be Boise State, and we'd have to see when we got to the game. Yeah. So that's very, very impressive. I think they just need to capture the momentum. And, you know, the good thing is that they, they'll let you know they don't pay guys an inordinate amount of money. So if they ever had to buy it out, should have the money. They've, they've got a couple of boosters there that, you know, can take care of those things. And I just think it's a selling point. This 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 needs to continue. We're back. Hey, we're, we're making headway. We've got a tougher schedule as an independent, but look look what we did, man. And that's the thing. If they go 3-1, then they'll always point to, well, yes, this can be done. Look what we just did. Look what we did on national TV and a home crowd and a beautiful day and all that stuff. And it's a selling point. And kids will be excited. You'll, you'll get a fair amount of kids. You know, you're still going to battle against the Pac-12 and particularly Utah because they're in a better situation than you. So that's why you need stability more than ever. And Kalani, let him ride it out, man. Let him see. Let him see if he can build it even better, and get it going. Uh, and then if then if he can't, you make a change. But I just don't know that making a change is going to do any better. And I hate in coaching at any level change for change's sake. If you feel like you can get better, that's one thing. But not just well, let's just change it because this isn't working. Now, that's on you, then, if it's if you've got a better option, so be it. But I don't know that they have a better option. I just I don't see one that's like, man, you got to go in this direction. He is your guy. No. Let him develop it, see what he can do. They've shown, they've shown signs now, you know? They've, obviously, they've shown signs the last couple of years. And Wilson, I think the last thing he needs is a change. Do not put him through a coaching change. If you look back at Travis Wilson's career, if anybody can agree on anything, it's like, you know, he might have been better off if they hadn't changed coordinators all the time. Right. That might have been a positive. Alex Smith went through it with the Niners, changing coaches all the time. Yeah, and sometimes it happens. You can't. I mean, who's to say Jeff Grimes doesn't get a better job next year? So you know that stuff will take care of itself. But you don't need to be part of the issue. Yeah, right. You want as much stability as possible. I think that Todd Graham had it going on a little bit in uh, in Tempe, and then he started losing coaches left and right, and obviously he had a demise. And I think that's one of the reasons. There was so much fluctuation. Guys coming and going. And it just doesn't work well. You want the you want the players getting the same message from the same voices. That's the best case scenario. And the two guys who've really had it going at BYU in Bronco and before that Lavelle, they had that. Their voices were there in a constant, but so were a lot of their assistants. 
Yeah, and their assistants could get other jobs, and but that's part of the business. You know, you're going. That's going to happen on its own. You know, everybody made a big deal with Herm Edwards. Oh man, he didn't get those two coordinators weren't retained. They're like the only guys who can coordinate an offense and defense. Let's relax no, they here could a go bit. rip off San Diego State's defensive coordinator. Dang yeah, it! The guy is thought of as a uh, up and comer, a budding star in the yep. business. You know, your your defense is looking pretty good. He's looking like he's he plays his cards right. Well, they've already got the next coach right there. Right on their staff. So just sometimes, you know, if you change it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad news. But I, th- I think especially for BYU, because they, it's just harder for them to get guys in. You have to be basically you have to convince them you're an active LDS guy and then non-member guys, you know, you're going to well, wait a second here. Do I want to do this? Yeah. And then and they do. There's plenty of them who do. But they've got a nice staff. They've got some cohesion right now. I say stay with it. Send a positive message to these recruits. He's our guy. These are our guys, man. We're going to ride with these guys. Come be a part of it. Come play tech. on national TV. So tech three on the end and make it a four-year deal? Uh, I, get to, I get to BYU players, you know, they'd want a six-year deal because so many of them are going to go on missions and all that. For but sure, six-year yeah. deals, a six-year deal isn't a six-year deal anyway. If the guy wins... He's going to want out and he's going to want to leave. Or you're going to renegotiate and you're going to pay him money because he keeps winning. So either way, six years isn't six years. No. So in some ways, extending is more symbolic. But not extend, extending to... You just can't If he afford, goes into a lame duck year... You can't afford to that's suffer. Going to hurt, that's going to get used against him in negative recruiting. And they cannot... They just... They're trying to play P5 football. But Tom... Tom coached. He recruited. He knows about negative recruiting. I mean, this is not... I know, but I don't know that all of it is him. I mean, the, the well, athletic director at BYU might have the... Power of suggestion, but not the power ...least amount of power decide. of yeah. other... Uh, relative to the other ADs. Well, hopefully he's out there lobbying and other people are listening and thinking, let's do what Tom says because he knows the deal. I agree on that, yes. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, all your feedback. DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, Feedback of the Day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. All right, PK, the question of the day has generated a lot of reaction. This is a great weekend for college football locally. Utah and USC Friday night in the Pac-12 opener for the Utes. Washington at BYU Saturday afternoon. Can the Cougars make it three straight wins over Power 5 teams? And then Utah State, San Diego State, that's a Mountain West Conference opener for the Aggies Saturday night in San Diego. The question, can you get excited for the state's sake or you only care about your team? Jason, 
20 years ago, I could not have imagined a football weekend like this. This is still pretty surreal. You know, it's funny. I would say that uh, we were talking about this earlier in the show, the biggest sports weekends. There have been weekends where the Utes and Cougars have had big games. But, you know, the Aggies' arrival on the college football scene is a serious player. What, it's probably in the last 8 to 10 years. Yeah. So to hit the trifecta... I can't think of anything. Maybe I'm forgetting something. I would say the high watermark, uh, and I wasn't here for it, neither were you, but when BYU beat Miami, a game I remember watching in Santa Barbara, I know the pizza place I was at and everything, and uh, that night Utah went to Minnesota and won a game on a blocked field goal. Minnesota was kicking a field goal on the last play of the game to win the game, and the Utes blocked it and ran it back for a game-winning touchdown. And there was a wild celebration. Ron McBride running a 60-yard dash to get in the dog pile in the end zone. (laughs) It was chaos. I didn't know anything about it. It came up just in passing a conversation when I'd been here like 10 years. And when McBride got honored with a Pioneers of Progress Award, I went and dug up the video. There was a locker room speech that was sensational that involved Mac talking, then shouting, then cursing in joy, and then the voice trailing off into cheers and him going hoarse and it not making any sense. And the whole thing was so Ron McBride. It was awesome. Uh, and so I talked to a few more people around that, and they were saying, oh, yeah, it was people in Utah, there was so much pride because BYU upsetting Miami led Sports Center, and the Minnesota-Utah crazy finish was the second game. And people took a lot of pride in that. And this is 10 years later when I'm hearing about all this. Probably 15 by the time I did the deal on, on Ron McBride. So, yeah, I think if you, get the, if you get the right combination of scores and multiple wins, as much as people grump, I only care about my team, I really think they don't. Because I think everybody who lives here knows the other 49 states are giggling at us sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I was in the Daily Breeze newsroom working on a Saturday night when they beat Miami. And also, I think you have to throw San Diego State into the equation, too, because if the Aztecs weren't good, it wouldn't be near as big of a game. If they're playing San Jose, then it wouldn't be at, as right. special. But you have to factor in a very good team that has had, been, has had success in this conference the last several years combined playing Utah State adds to it. The other opponents for BYU and Utah speak for themselves but you need a third opponent and we've hit it with the scheduling oh we got other people weighing in here uh michael this is the greatest football weekend of all time (laughs) hell yeah exclamation point (laughs) okay (laughs) brett says i am looking forward to all of the games especially utah and then he says wah versus tds should be interesting. Go Utes, go Aggies. Hashtag Utah football. Hashtag go Utes. Hashtag Utah for life. Hashtag Pac-12. So it's go Utes, go Aggies. And TDS should be interesting. <laughs> That's the most. He can't say go BYU. But he is dialed into watching the game. Oh, well, it's an important it. game because you yeah. got Washington up on the schedule coming up. And you want to see how they are. So, sure, I'm a, if I'm a Ute fan, particularly if I'm a Ute fan who wins Friday, then I'm so relaxed watching that game Saturday. I have no angst whatsoever. No agita, as they say where I grew up. <laughs> no agita. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at L. LHMDeals.com. Tony and Austin are up next. We'll see you tomorrow.